it's a Saturday morning, and it's time for another Bullers Extra podcast, as tonight's the night, as Purdue will open the season against Oregon State at Ross-Aid Stadium. Uh, up and at him on this early Saturday morning, running errands, and give you a mobile version as we uh, move about town. I can tell you, traffic is excellent right now if you're heading to the stadium, but that's at uh, 8.52 uh, in the morning. It will it'll change by the time you actually go to the stadium and whatever time you listen to this thing. But anyway, I just wanted to give you some, some things to watch for tonight. Um, this won't be a full full podcast, but just uh, some, some things to keep an eye on tonight as you as you watch Purdue open the season. Uh, I You know, the number one thing, and uh, it, it, it's been the, the item uh, talked about most of the offseason is just how, how does the defense play? How does the defense look against an opponent? And, you know, to me, that's that's kind of the number one thing. Just, you know, how, how are they going to play? You know, we've heard about being aggressive. We've heard about, um, you know, getting more plays in the backfield. Heard about, you know, more pressure on the quarterback and the, the secondary play, playing tighter coverage, playing, playing the ball more than the man and um, things like that. So, you know, how does it look? How, you know, how does it stand up against uh, – uh, a team and a program that is similar to Purdue um, in in the ball game, and I you know that that's got to be to me the number one thing. And you know, how, how defense has to look better than it did last year. Um, and you know, playing playing forward instead of just playing on their heels. Uh, you know, and I think with the coaching staff that uh, Jeff Brown's assembled, I think that'll be the case. You know, I know that's the case with Mark Hagan on the defensive line. Um, you know, with Brad Lambert at linebackers and, and, and Ron English, you know, this, this defense has to look better. Uh, it's important to look better in this first game uh, just to kind of give the fan base and give the players, you know, the confidence that, you know, th- this will be um, a different kind of season from a defensive standpoint. And sticking with the defense, uh, to me, the, the biggest matchup tonight is uh, Purdue's defensive line against Oregon State's offensive line. Uh, Oregon State, uh, if you've been keeping up with the coverage uh, at jconline.com, you know, 82 combined starts there uh, by the uh, by the group. Uh, so they are experienced, um, but they did lose their their top back last year, one of the top rushers uh, in the Pac-12 a year ago. Uh, he's now in the NFL, um, so they'll be breaking in some backs. Uh, Deshaun Fenwick is a transfer from South Carolina. Curious how active he is tonight in, in the backfield. Uh, B.J. Uh, uh, Baylor, I believe, is listed number one. Uh, but, you know, they probably bought, brought Fenwick in for a reason. Uh, we'll see if he eventually becomes the number one back for them uh, throughout the season. Um, but, you know, that offensive line is good and experienced. And while Purdue has George Karloftis uh, at one end, Demarcus Mitchell at the other end, um, and, we, and we know what George can do. We know we know what George is capable capable of. Uh, Demarcus Mitchell, we saw uh, a lot last year. He was playing linebacker, but then moved down to the defensive end when George was hurt and then out with COVID. Um, you know, we, we think we know what we're going to get with Demarcus Mitchell, 
you know, the question is what happens uh, in the interior at the defensive tackles positions. You know, I think Lawrence Johnson and and Branson Dean are going to get the start there, but you'll you'll see other guys rotate in. Uh, I think a guy like Jack Sullivan could be key because he can play inside or outside uh, to give to give other guys some breaks. Uh, so it, it's going to be. Uh, uh, to me, that's that's kind of the matchup. Can can Purdue win the line of scrimmage from a defensive line standpoint? And if you know, and if they can't, how do they do that? How do they go about it doing that by by adjusting and uh, you know getting more linebackers involved? Uh, but you know, I, the number one thing I, I think Purdue has to do is is just stop the run. You know, if they can if they can force Oregon State to be a passing team. Um, you know, I think that's an advantage for Purdue, uh, just because Oregon State, you know, the quarterback that's going to start the Colorado transfer, Sam Neuer, uh, didn't put up big numbers last year at Colorado, um, and and while Oregon State does have um, a lot of wide receivers, and they they plan to potentially use nine. Um, We'll see how they, you know, that that they see how they spread the ball around there. I, I just don't think passing is their strength right now. Now I, I could be fooled, and you know, a lot of this is just going off numbers and stuff like that. But it doesn't seem like passing is something they want to do. They want to, you know, with that ex, with that offensive line, you want to control the clock. You know, you can control the game that way. You know, I, I'm sure part of it is they they don't want Purdue to have the ball because of you don't want Jack Plummer throwing to David Bell all the time. So, you know, I, I think Purdue can stuff the run there, uh, force them out of their comfort zone. Uh, you know, I think that's that's a good sign for, for the Boilermakers. You know, offensively for Purdue, you know, you're going to look at the running game. Um, and again, and I've said this before, uh, Purdue doesn't need to lead the, the Big Ten in rushing. It just can't be last. And, you know, I think uh, in this case, and I, I've zeroed in on this since the end of last year, it's what, what happens in those third and short situations. Um, you know, uh, how many of those uh, is Purdue converting or, the, you know, keeping drives alive? And especially when you get in the second half in a, in a close game and you need to hang on to the ball, you need to eat more clock or you need to, to convert to put yourself – uh, in a better position for, you know, a field goal that might give you the lead or increase the lead or, you know, just a whole host of options there. But, you know, how does Purdue do, you know, third and two, third and three, um, and then fourth down? You know, if they're going for it on fourth down, uh, are they, they able to convert it? They, it this, this area has been a struggle, uh, really, since Jeff Brown got here. Um, you know, I can remember... Um, I'm sure you do too. The Nebraska game, I think, from uh, the first season, where um, they had the game won, they needed to convert a third and short. Nebraska had used all of its timeouts, and all they needed was to get one or two yards, and they couldn't do it. You know, they had to punt. You know, Nebraska did a great job in its two-minute drill and went down and won the game. But situations like that, Purdue needs to to rent to fix and be able to to put games away like that now a lot of that depends on the offensive line 
uh, and how they're performing. I know I think Purdue's offensive line, the starters. Um, you know, I think I think you feel comfortable with, but they're they're not very deep. Um, you know, I, I would look for the the maximum of seven to play, unless there's some other injuries that that pop up. Um, so it's going, you know, it's um, that that's going to be a key element to keep that offensive line healthy until they can get some other players back to to help with that. Um, you know, to me, a guy like Cam Craig, who who was injured in the first game last year, um, needs to you know get into the rotation. You know, get into things. Um, I, I do think he's one of one of Purdue's better linemen, and um, I, I just think he needs to be involved. I think he will. You know, all indications are that he'll he will play tonight. I don't I don't think he's going to start. I don't I don't think that's. Uh, but I, I don't think that that really matters. I think if you can just get him into the uh, if you can get him into the rotation. Um, you know that that's going to be a key, but you know how how the offensive line holds up as well. Not only in the in the uh, the running game, but the uh, the passing game as well. So just some things to watch um, as you as you get ready for tonight's game, the big game for Purdue. Um, you know what other receivers step up besides David Bell? Um, you know I think Purdue's got some good ones there. I think you know Brock Thompson is a guy that. Um, transfer from Marshall has a has a chance to have a big year and uh, be a nice compliment to to David. Um, and then Marshawn Rice is a guy that you know I was high on in camp. Um, hasn't really hasn't played really the receiver position uh, for Purdue his first two years because he's been injured. Uh, but you know he's a guy that I think can can stretch the field, uh, give Purdue a, you know a deep weapon there. Um, and uh, maybe some explosive plays. Big target could probably use him in the red zone as well. Uh, but he's a guy I think, you know, I, I don't know what he'll do tonight, but he could he could easily uh, throughout the course of the year develop into, you know, one of their one of their top targets uh, on the offense. And then you know, as I think you you know, T.J. Sheffield will not play tonight. Uh, disciplinary reasons uh, that go back to the the summer incident. Uh, he'll be out. Jackson Anthrop, if they do start with a slot receiver, will be the slot receiver. Uh, Dion Burks is supposed to be the backup, uh, but they may, you know they may not they may not use a slot receiver on the first play. But Anthrop is going to get a bulk of those uh, carries or bulk of those uh, you know reps there at, at at the slot position. And then uh, the absence of Sheffield also. Uh, hinders the uh, return game, uh, so be curious who's back there on kickoff returns. Um, is, is Marcellus Moore back there? Um, you know, I assume Jackson Anthrop will be back there returning punts uh, for sure, and probably would be back there returning kickoffs. King Drew is probably an option as well. Um, so there are. Um, they do have other options, but you know T.J. Sheffield did such a good job um, 
last year in the kickoff game that it carried over into his confidence as a receiver. So that's going to be a missing piece uh, uh, for tonight. Uh, and, and we don't know if, if, if Sheffield will be back for um, next week's game. I would assume so, but uh, that's, uh, that's yet to be determined. Um, you know, a couple other guys are out. You know, Purdue's going to miss a, an offensive lineman, uh, Dave Monette. Uh, he'll he'll be out. Ab- Abdur Raham uh, Yassim also won't play tonight. Those are the, the major guys that that won't play. Uh, but overall, Purdue's Purdue's in pretty good health. Uh, and I you know and I think uh, um, they're in a pretty good you know position, uh, at least starting this year to have their their main guys playing. And Jeff Brom has has always been adamant about getting getting the best players to game one and not not be shorthanded in that first game and then you, you kind of go from there uh, you know it's unrealistic to think that Purdue will stay hundred percent healthy with their main players for 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 the rest of the, for for all the season you know I you know I think if they do they you know they got a chance to you know to get uh, to where they want to be but as we've seen over the years injuries have a habit of piling up and Purdue just doesn't have the depth right now to to overcome those things. There's a lot of guys that you can't replace uh, just because you don't have backups or that are that good. Uh, so, just a few things to watch. Uh, give you a little listening information. I wasn't going to say listening pleasure, but you may not gain any pleasure out of this. I have no idea. But anyway, uh, Purdue Oregon State seven o'clock kickoff. Ross said. Uh, it's overcast right now. There's a, there's some chances of rain throughout the day. Uh, I'd be prepared if you're coming to the game to uh, to, to maybe uh, there might be periods of showers and stuff. Uh, look at me trying to play weatherman. Uh, but I, I'd just be prepared. Um, uh, I don't think it's anything major, but yeah, you might get a little wet uh, tonight. Uh, I don't think it'll be anything big, but. I'm just basing on what I what I read and what I see. <laughs> the weatherman tells me that. But anyway, it should be a it should be a fun atmosphere at Ross Aid Stadium. First game with fans since 2019. Uh, so yeah, I mean a lot of people have been waiting for this moment, waiting for this opportunity to to get back into the stadium. And as, as we've seen college football, you know Thursday night and last night, um, you know yeah there there's packed houses now everywhere. I think. I didn't watch the Virginia Tech North Carolina game, but I saw some highlights this morning that you know they were they were full up for that their game against North Carolina. Uh, of course, Ohio State Minnesota was full, um, and you know all indications are that you know tonight's game at Ross State Stadium uh, will be close to full, uh, even though it is Labor Day. But I think the anticipation finally of of uh, of getting back into the in the swing of things and having having a full stadium and being able to tailgate and do everything that you're used to um it probably will bring bring more people out and and it should and it's a good matchup it should be a close game yeah i I do think these two programs are pretty evenly matched they're in similar positions in their in their respective conferences you know they're both both are trying to move up trying both trying to you know take that next step and 
Um, and we'll see we'll see which one does it tonight. Obviously, if Purdue wins, it creates a, a pathway to to what they could potentially accomplish this year. Same with Oregon State. Both teams have tough schedules after that. The conference schedules are, are rugged. They're always going to be. Um, but this is a good opening game. I, I do believe uh, this is one of those games that is under the radar nationally because you just Oregon State and Purdue just don't jump out at you. But the fact that it is, you know, TV, at least the secondary Fox channel wanted this game uh, for a night a night game kind of tells you that they they view this as a, an attractive game uh you know one that you know will draw some viewers and uh you know maybe maybe resonate and uh you know one of these teams going to start one and oh it's going to springboard them and we'll see where that that goes from there anyway appreciate you stopping by uh, on this morning traffic still light at this hour uh but by the time you listen to this it might pick up uh, but anyway, enjoy your day. Uh, if you're going to the game, enjoy your tailgate. If you're just sitting at home and watch it, enjoy that. And appreciate you stopping by. We'll we'll have a, another on-the-road podcast after the game tonight, or I guess it'll be early Sunday morning by the time we get to it. Uh, that's the one bad thing about night games for me. But uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up at the, at the end. And, of course, all of our coverage uh, at jconline.com right now as far as previewing the game. A look at Oregon State, you know, the edge is back, uh, who has the edge, the prediction, and all that kind of stuff, right there at jconline.com. Uh, Still looking for a sponsor, would love to have one, um, but when you don't have any salespeople in your office, what do you do? kind of have to take matters into your own hands. I guess I should do that. Anyway, have a good day, and uh, we'll appreciate you when you when you come back uh, after tonight's game against Oregon State. 